Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit, yet wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, and the joy of connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of the resources we have been lovingly generating for you since 2006, when Charlotte and I met already deeply immersed in this field. Charlotte was an erotic masseuse. I was teaching the sexological bodywork trainings. Charlotte was one of our students in the training. And a few months later, she asked my boyfriend out on a date. (laughs) How we met. And it was right around this time of year. And I always remember that as we come into October, and the crispness of fall. Um, This is the season of our anniversary. We're now 17 years this month. And it's also Halloween season. And one of our first dates was at a haunted house. Um, And I always laugh at that because there's actually a few things you hate more than haunted (laughs) houses, um, it turns out. But around this time of the year, um, we've done episodes in the past on costuming and role playing and going to the Halloween store on a date with yourself to see what kind of props and costumes spark your erotic creature. And I still think that's all a great thing to do around this time of year. We will drop some of those episodes in the show notes. But we haven't really talked yet about something else that comes up this time of year around Halloween. And that's the fact that we humans really like to be afraid. Mm. We like fear. There's whole industries based around our year-round desire to get spooked, to be afraid, to play on edges of terror. Why? (laughs) And how does this show up in our sex life? Mm -hmm. So today on Speaking of Sex, we're talking about getting afraid on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) It's such an interesting human experience that apparently so many of us crave, but that can show up in so many different ways, whether that's seeing horror movies or roller coaster rides or haunted house experiences. People like these things to a different, uh, to different extents and to different levels of intensity. But it does seem to be a very human experience to want to experience this kind of edge and fear. And I love that we can have choice around it and look at it and then figure out exactly how we most enjoy feeling this kind of intensity and then being able to create it a little bit more. Well, fear on purpose. I think this is one of those things I think about when we talk about the idea of mismatched libido, Mm. for example, and people, you know, jump immediately to sex and our appetite for sexual connection when it's like people's desire for fear on purpose is so wild, wildly variable and so specific, right? Because it's not just that you like horror movies. It's what type of horror movies do you like? Is it the gory slasher type of horror movies? Do you want to feel that blood splatter? Or is it more psychological horror? Is it fantasy horror? Um, And we really niche down in this arena And that tells me, and what fascinates me about this, is it really strokes at different parts of our psyches. Mm. 
and our appetite to be afraid on purpose, you know, the idea of please scare me and I will pay you to scare me just right, um, I think really shows kind of what a need it is almost for the people that need it and crave it. Um, and we have a whole festival season around this kind of idea of scare me on purpose. And I delight driving around seeing the skeletons and the spookiness come out. Um, but our daughter and you, tender flowers that you are, are not so into horror. Um, so we actually haven't been to a haunted house since one of our first dates 17 years ago. And it's something I really like, but only if it's safe. Right. And these are the conditions of our desires. Right. You actually like driving fast on curvy roads and I'll be like, Charlotte, slow down. It's not safe. Um, So it's not that you don't like thrill. We like different kinds of thrill. So this is really an invitation, an opportunity for some self-reflection in the spooky haunted mirrors, you know, (laughs) Um, and what kinds of fear might you enjoy? How might this come up in our sex lives, right? Um, Because it's not just haunted houses. This can really come out in kink and especially in psychological edges of kinky play or in physical edges that we might want to explore. Um, How do you enjoy being on that edge of fear and excitement, right? What does that look like for you? This is such a delicious subject to explore. (laughs) The mistress in you is getting a little giddy. You're like, tell me, darlings. <laughs> and how do we figure that out? Like, if we have a sense of, oh, there's something here. Um, but but I think, of course, it always starts with permission to allow ourselves to want something in this realm and that that's okay and that it makes sense and is a very human experience mm-hmm. um, to want to experience excitement and fear within a controlled environment where you know you are actually safe. And that's an interesting concept with Halloween because holidays are very much cultural permission to do a thing. Yeah. Right. We're giving you cultural permission to slow down and eat all day. We're giving you cultural (laughs) permission to put on costumes on this specific day. It's a thing we don't normally do. And Mm -hmm. today's the day we do it. And that kind of release valve of social tensions is one of the historical uses of holidays and festivals. Um, It's where we get to bend the rules and do the thing that is forbidden. And do it together so that you have a collective experience, which then really allows people to go deeper into it. Totally. The festival element. We all come out and do this together, often outside, um, under God's great sky, right? And with playing with kink, you know, I wish that there were holidays and festivals and within the kink community there are, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And we seek out opportunities to make up our own holidays. You know, Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco just celebrated 40 years of a festival of kink where we get to do it in public together. It was like half a million people this year came out wild. Um, But that for me was one of those moments where I got to see how other people did it. And it expands your horizons. And the horror industry gives us all sorts of inroads to figuring out how we like to be afraid. You know, you can go to the amusement park and try out a roller coaster. And if you don't like it, 
you don't have to do it again. You can go to a horror movie and realize slasher flicks are not for you. With kink, how do you do it? How do you find out how you want to be afraid? Um, Because this is actually one of my favorite things to do um, when it comes to topping and kinky play and why I like to play so relationally. Mm. Um, I don't do casual relationships because I really want to know someone's soul and how they want to be a little bit afraid. Mm. Because for me, playing on this edge is where we grow. It's where we face some of those, like, you know, some of our fears that we carry can um, haunt us, right? Like when it comes to sex and eroticism, like our haunted houses are our own minds. Mm. And some of the ghosts we have, some of the things that haunt us, some of the stories, some of the rooms that are forbidden that we don't even want to peek into. And yet, like, we know that there's so much there. These are sources of energy. Mm. And so for me, where we can get curious about them and approach them on purpose together with a trusted play partner um, or ideally in community, we can start exploring erotic fear and start scaring one another on purpose to explore these most internal edges of uh, fear and growth and change and kind of releasing the ghosts and saying boo on purpose and seeing, you know, and like playing with it, right? Because um, when we do this lovingly, and all the kink I do is very loving at its core, no matter how kind of depraved we get otherwise. Um, so I'm thinking about like humiliation, for example. And humiliation is the fear of not belonging. It's the fear of not being good enough and being shown that in front of everyone. Like everyone knows how ridiculous I am. And when I can take someone's fear around humiliation, and it's this source of like deep energy, it's a knot they have held usually since they were a child, maybe something happened, it can be an event based fear um, that has stuck with you. And those are kind of the ghosts that I think about that are like ready to pop out and scare us. And that taunt us kind of Mm. right, like ghosts and haunted houses, one of their Um, properties is they kind of taunt us and put us on edge and make us afraid even when they're not in the room you know it's like was that the ghost boo um and some of our sexual fears are like that and when we don't want them in the room they're taunting us in our minds right and and a lot of erection issues and distraction during arousal and inability to stay present while having sex i'm thinking about these very common experiences we have Like, what are the ghosts and the skeletons in your closets that are kind of taunting you and rattling that maybe if we open that on purpose and look at what's there and get it out and play with it in a very loving way, we can release that energy, enjoy it as sexual charge. And then, you know, it's like, um, I don't know making friends with the haunted like house, integrate it. right? Yeah. It's like, this is the haunted house and it's scary, but it's mine. <laughs> and I know where the ghosts are and where they live and I can engage them on purpose. And then they don't come and taunt me as often. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's beautiful. The way you just wove all those metaphors too, by the way, was quite beautiful. I try. Yeah. <laughs> just on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> the haunted house of our mind. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting for us all to think about what are the skeletons in our closets, the things that have haunted us, 
because it's so clear to me after holding the pleasure mechanics community for 17 years and hearing our stories and struggles, um, the things that are haunting you, right? They're both single incident things, things that happened on the playground or within a past relationship. Um, what are you afraid of and what were you taught to be afraid of by the voices around you, by the culture around you? Um, what are the things that tease and taunt you in the, in the dark of night in your haunted house of your mind? We can play with that and we can do it on purpose. <laughs> and we can release that erotic energy and possibly create some excitement, some charge. Um, there may be fear there and that can be enlivening that can mm. free up the energy that is stuck and stuck in the closet and um, constrained once we look at it give it some space mm. it can we can feel it and feel the intensity of it and that can mm. be interesting and well that word enlivening is yeah. like how do you feel when you watch a great scary movie that hits you just right mm. right like there is a a vibrancy yeah. and enlivening uh it releases adrenaline often being afraid and it's a good adrenaline. It's the a good kind of stress on your system that wakes you up and creates an alertness. Um, and then there's also a dopamine release in the relief after being afraid and getting through it, which, of course, most of our scary movies, roller coasters, like there's the pleasure of cruising into the finish. Um, and only recently have scary movies started not giving us the happy ending. Right? Mm. And then you kind of walk out of the theater, like ready for something bad to happen again, because part of the architecture of fear on purpose is that we get through it together. And we have that relief, the homecoming, the kind of integration of now it's going to all be okay. Right. Um, and that's a really important part of the cycle that I want to keep in mind, especially after the break, as we talk about kind of poking our fears on purpose, we really have to keep in mind consent, opting in, titration, right? Doing this the right amount for the people we love and for ourselves. And aftercare and integration, coming back home to a sense of cozy, safe, happy connection and belonging, that's the architecture of pleasurable fear, mm. right? Anticipation, thrill, being put on your edges, having all of that awakeness and aliveness, and then a safe coming home to safety and belonging again. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. And with all that, there's also that experience of doing it with someone, doing it together with another person or a group of people. And that social belonging, that experience of mm -hmm. having gone through something hard together and then come out the other side and be able to take care of each other or be together. But we can safe... read a scary book written by someone long dead and we still have the togetherness of that author, of everyone mm. else who's read that scary book. Like we humans find togetherness in very strange mm. and subtle ways sometimes. So I don't want anyone who's solo thinking about this, that like you're left out of this, right? This is deeply something we can do with ourselves, uh, with media and culture and in community and with authors long dead in their graves, mm -hmm. delighted to thrill and scare us. <laughs> And we should also look at that. What is the enjoyment of scaring someone else on purpose of being the architect, the artist of someone else's fear and thrill? 
Um, that is a very specific pleasure and an intimacy we get to share with one another. You know, I mean, talk about power, talk about being able Mm. to influence and shape the environment, the emotions, the intensity that someone else can experience, um, which can be a lot about like how we relate to giving pleasure to someone, but also to fear, to excitement. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a delicious realm to play in. Mm. And one of the ways we can start exploring more of what is possible is by tapping into resources like our friends at Dipsy Stories. Dipsy Stories is a treasure trove of audio erotica that spans a wide range of excitement and thrill and turn-ons. They offer deeply romantic stories where it's all about the heartful connection of the well-developed characters or you can plunge right into the action in first-person, immersive, erotic tales. You can explore your own edges safely from your own home with your headphones on and explore what thrills and turns you on, what gets your heart beating a little bit faster. Dipsy is a longtime sponsor of this podcast, and we are thrilled to recommend this resource and offer you a 30-day free trial at dipsystories.com slash pleasure. That's dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A, dipsystories.com slash pleasure for 30 days free trial to all that Dipsy has to offer. You will find this link in the show notes and at pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox Um, and enjoy exploring pleasuremechanics.com. If you are just a podcast listener and you haven't explored our online courses, they are amazing and they're waiting for you to be engaged with whenever you are ready to take the next step in your erotic journey. You can learn massage with us and have Charlotte's amazing voice guide you stroke by stroke in massage or you can explore kink with us um, and so much in between. We have been in Pleasure Mechanics uniforms for 17 years now. Uh, we are a global community of tens of thousands of humans, and we're exploring together what is possible when we focus on pleasure and the joy of connection. Yes, mm-hmm. you'll find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. And so we talked about fear on purpose, right? And how we give one another cultural permission to do this all the time. It is totally socially acceptable to be into horror movies, to be into gore even, um, and to be into roller coasters, certainly, and all sorts of thrills, skiing, mountain climbing, jumping out of airplanes. There's so little we humans won't do to thrill and excite ourselves. There is a huge, incredible force within us that wants to be pushed and stretched and awakened by what is possible. Mm -hmm. When it comes to our sex life, it can be really easy to get into the ruts and routines, or I should say routines and ruts, because pleasurable routines can then become ruts over time right? You go the same road over and over again. And sometimes your wheels can get stuck because it's like been there, done that. And it doesn't create that vitalizing, energizing excitement, let alone thrill that it once did. 
And so we need to find ways to gently push ourselves and one another that we're in erotic relationship with to our edges again and again. So that we can experience novelty, so that we can experience ourselves anew Mm -hmm. and each other anew. But also we want to experience intensity. Like as humans, we like intensity and sometimes catharsis can be part of that. Letting ourselves really like feel emotions to the point that we can release them in ways that we maybe can't do in our everyday lives. And this is what we can access. And kink can be a way that we access all of these. It's not the only way, but it is one way that's incredibly powerful and relational and specific and that you can craft and create to your specific desires and curiosities and turn-ons. Mm-hmm. And I, I love in our kink course how we guide people through figuring out what that could look like for them. Because this is a really overwhelming, um, very big subject. And sometimes having a safe guide to take you and lead you through exploring what's inside you and what feels interesting and compelling is really valuable Mm -hmm. because it is a big world. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want to give a shout out for our beautiful, beautiful kink course. You can find that at pleasuremechanics.com slash kink. Well, and it's really designed uh, to not only guide us as individuals, but then you have to figure out what is accessible to you. Where might you overlap with your partner and this idea of who's taking who on a journey. Yeah. One of the joys of showing up for a haunted house is you know what everyone's role is. Yeah. And there are people who have spent all year, we actually know a few people who run haunted houses and attractions, and they spend all year geeking out on how to scare people. Preparing for it. And how to scare people it. in a new way, yeah. right? Like, ooh, I found a, you know, institution that was closing and I bought 20 desks and we're going to do a school scene where everyone's yeah. papers are late. Like, ha ha ha. Right? Like, and when it comes to kink, um, part of the kink community that I like is that it invites us to geek out on one another's pleasure in a similar way. Mm. So that when we show up for our scene, for playing, for exploring something new together, we can relax into it. And a huge part of this is the safety that is the foundation of all fear on purpose. And I just want to name that. And we do it all the time. Like if you went to an amusement park, you would be tracking for safety. Do the rides look up to date? Do the people that are running the rides look sober? Are people getting on and off the rides having a good time? There's so much social proof in how people get off the ride and you get on, right? Um, so this idea of looking for safety and looking for social proof that a thing is safe enough to be afraid by is a very human thing that we can, you know, tap into our ability to do that. But I think, so getting back to, I think so many people have this sense of like, yes, please thrill me. Right. We get emails like this all the time. Like I am so bored. I love my husband, I love my partner, but I just want to be thrilled a little bit. I want to be woken up. How do we choose what edges to play on? Mm. So yes, a lot of this is in the kink course. That invitation is always open to people. And hey, if you can't afford our courses, please drop us an email. We will work something out. If you feel like our courses are right for you, we want you inside them. 
we want you inside them. Um, and we want to be your guides in this. And all of the resources we generate for you are intended to be this gentle guide, that hand that holds yours as you explore. Um, and the idea of making one another a little afraid on purpose is in and of itself scary. Yeah. Right? Because when we're talking about doing it with people we love... Like, what do you mean my wife wants me to make her a little afraid or play on her edges? Like, can we do that? And how do we do it safely? And part of that is preparation, knowing your destination, the same way you would plan a rock climbing trip or to jump out of an airplane, right? But you first have to feel the desire. And so I want to start there because I don't want to leave this episode of being like, go scare each other on purpose. Ha ha ha. Happy Halloween. Um... <laughs> First, so we're at back at like just tenderly acknowledging that humans like being afraid and that when it comes to our sex life, a source of a lot of excitement and thrill for us humans, the idea of being afraid on purpose makes a lot of sense. Just biologically, physiologically, it makes sense that we enjoy doing this. And from all evidence of, you know, human cultures throughout time, we've always liked doing this. One of the ways we do this is we take what scares us in everyday mundane life and eroticize it. And the establishment of safety, of consent, of safe words, of seen expectations, all of those things that are givens, if we're going to play in any of these directions, right? That is what creates the foundation of safety where these things can be scary, but thrilling and fun. Just like going on that roller coaster, there's a lot of safety assumed before you're like, we let's go. And that's the the excitement and responsibility of playing in a more kinky way. On a foundation of safety and your pleasure being at the center of it. Sometimes your pleasure or at least like your satisfaction and your desires. <laughs> yeah. But the I safety, sometimes yeah. think, you know, in Halloween, I think of kink as a cauldron, mm. I often say. And it's like we throw in, right? It's we have a container. We have the heat, which is the erotic energy and the mm. like charge and connection. And into that cauldron, we're going to throw in the things that haunt us, that scare us, that taunt us. And we're going to kind of cook it up and transform it into something beautiful. And I'm thinking of a lot of specific examples from the people I know well in this realm. Like as I get to know a new play partner, I really ask them about their edges and their fears and their concerns and their shame. Because those are the edges we can kind of tenderly, lovingly play with on purpose or leave the fuck alone. And I just want to say that as we close this episode, not all of our ghosts, not all of our bones want to be dug up. <sighs> and there's graveyards for a reason behind the haunted house. Like some things you can put to rest and you don't have to ever play with them again. Not all of our childhood wounds and traumas are sources of kinky play. Mm very, very important. And mm. how do we know the difference? I mean, I really want to give people tools here because I don't want to leave people hanging out in the haunted house. And when we notice in our body a sense of excitement, a sense of fear that feels almost effervescent. So it's not dread fear. Mm. It's not um, repulsion fear. 
It's a fear that kind of almost draws us forward. Those edges are places to explore. And maybe you know what I mean in your body. Maybe you don't try to pay attention for this sensory state and see if you can find it. And especially this Halloween season, as we're like practicing fear and spook on purpose as a culture. And I'm sorry for anyone who doesn't live in Halloween land um, like we do here in America. It's a really interesting, delightful holiday for me, um, especially in a culture that represses the um, fleshy, the Mm. scary, the bones of it all, right? I love seeing all the skeletons because for me, you know, I have skeletons on my altar year round because it reminds me that we are animal beings, that we're only alive for a little while, like we are mortals. And some of the things that scare us the most are mortality itself, right? Like talk about fear. The fear of death is the thing that frightens us all the most, ultimately, as humans. It's why skeletons are our symbol of fear and the grim reaper and death, right? And sex and orgasms are a way of facing that fear head on. The little death is the antidote for death. It's a way of celebrating being alive. And so in this way, every time we play, we are playing and taunting and dancing on the edge of mortality itself is one way to look at it. I don't know. (laughs) But I think it's so interesting to just for us all to reflect on, like, how do we intentionally create more fear and excitement in our life? Mm -hmm. Because it's a human desire. Um, And there are so many ways to access it. And let's give ourselves permission and exploration to really discover what works for us, what what makes us feel safe and excited. Mm. Like, where do we find that? Who is that with? What activities are we doing? Mm -hmm. Um, What flavors, what emotions are happening within that? Because it's a really valuable way to feel so enlivened and awake and feel intensity mm-hmm. i think in this world a lot of us want to feel more feel more in general mm-hmm. and when when it gets so big it can be compelling so i'm leaving this episode like really wanting to keep going in my exploration of fear and excitement and i mm-hmm. hope that we've given you some avenues and some places to explore for yourself mm-hmm And to safely hold one another in this and do it lovingly and titrate it um, so it can be a really productive and exciting edge of growth. And we're not just throwing one another out of airplanes. Yeah, right. The safety piece is essential or else it's just fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's be clear. The safety is really important. Safety before pleasure. And safety plus risk equals thrill. Whew. Safety alone is just comfort, right? Safety with a little bit of risk playing on your edges is where we find thrill and that wakes us up and enlivens us. And many of us crave that state Mm -hmm. and we are here to guide you into it and to give you permission and to, you know, remind us all that this is a very human thing that we enjoy doing all year round. And that we can find these states without transgression um, if we want. Like we can do this with integrity and with following the values and agreements we've made in our life. Mm-hmm. Right. There's another way you can go where you do do transgression in order to find this thrill. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But just that you can find this while also keeping your values intact. Whew. 
Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you being part of the Pleasure Mechanics community and listening to the podcast. Please rate and review the show wherever you listen. And as I said, come on over to pleasuremechanics.com and get on our newsletter, our email list, so we can be in touch with you directly about our offerings. And we really want to invite you in to explore deeper with us. And I'm very excited about this new course offering where we are. I, we th- I think we said last time we were going to oh, do well, the reveal. We're going to re- wait. Oh, we're teasing it out. <laughs> I don't know. It's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com and be with us a little deeper. We'll see you next time on Speaking of Sex. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We're the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Cheers. <laughs>